Hi, I'm Karen. And hi, I'm Claire. Hi, I'm Rosie. And uh, this is the Right Here, Right Now podcast. We have a little change to our hosting duties today. Paula is a bit poorly, so we brought Rosie East in today to join us. This evening we are doing our Enemies to Lovers special because in the UK it's just been firework night. Um, only country in the world that celebrates that stuff. So we thought fireworks, what else could it possibly be but Enemies to Lovers? So you all know the kind of books and I'm sure we've all uh, had a read of an Enemies to Lover where the couple absolutely hate each other in the beginning. But that leads to many sparks and uh, usually lots of dirty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a chat. What are your favourite Enemies to Lovers books that you've read? Yours. Mine? Yes, I love, you know I love the Game On series and Picture and Perfect. Both of those have got Enemies to Lover element. <laughs> but yeah, Game On series is on Ream Stories, isn't it? Yes, um, I'm just... read it as you're rewriting just, it. Yeah, slowly building it back up. Yeah. But it's, it's very different to how it was. Still Enemies to Lovers, but... A little bit less sketchy than it was the first time around which I suppose mm. brings me straight into an easy tip or not an easy tip but a problem I faced as a inexperienced author let's just say <laughs> I can't say I was ever arrogant like oh my books are the best and I was gonna love them I was never like that but I thought I was developed enough to put together a good enemies to love a story and while it did go down very well don't get me wrong many years later I read it back and thought, I, I don't know about this. Um, the the main guy was borderline dangerous almost, not in a you know physically harmful way, but did things that one might consider quite sleazy, <laughs> seemed harmless at the time. But having read it back, I was like, uh, you know, that's not acceptable. And I think it's very easy to slip into that kind of territory. Mm. So I am rewriting him. Now he's more kind of standoffish and moody, which is actually working a lot better. So... Yeah, pitfall one. Don't make him sleazy. <laughs> How does that compare to, because um, we're, the book we're co-writing at the moment, our main character's a bit of a bad boy. He's definitely a ladies' man, for sure. Yes. Yeah, Colton's more, he's got an edge. Mm. It's not... I think Colton oh. takes advantage of willing participants. I'm not saying Radley would have ever crossed that line. No, no, no. But, but he, he was much more... Kind of, he was a bit more pushy. Colton's not pushy. Yeah. Yes. Radley was was a bit pushier and not and very good at the whole no means no. If a girl says no, he would keep pushing until she was like, look, fuck off. He is no longer. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. Like I find it embarrassing to look back at it and go, oh, did I allow this? Yeah. Um, New writers, so you yeah. learn as you go. It was eleven years ago, so I feel like I have hmm. improved. Much. I think. This might be a weird take, but I think in the last 11 years, perception of things have changed. I'm not saying that sexual harassment was ever okay, but sexual harassment is much more openly talked about now. Women feel confident saying, this man treated me like this, it was unacceptable, whereas maybe 10 years it still was happening, but women were brushing it aside and maybe that slipped into fiction in the wrong sort of ways yeah I would agree um I grew up kind of in the 90s 2000s and it so, was not uncommon for a man to pinch your bum as you went as I went by in the bar perfectly hmm. normal for a man to put his hands on you as he was going past um in those days it was just yeah you didn't enjoy it but it was just like eh, some yeah, guy. it was part of the course as long as it wasn't like yeah. 
like too far. It, yeah, a lot. <laughs> but definitely a, bum, a, yeah, a bum slap yeah. or a pinch was quite, was quite commonplace, but these days, not so mm. much. I think I think it's true of a lot of things whereby, like Roald Dahl, for instance, was put under the microscope mm. fairly recently, and those things were looked at and, you know, changes were made in order to keep up with what is yeah. kind of more acceptable these days. Lots of people have mentioned friends in that so- same sort of yeah. conversation. At yeah. the time, no one batted an eyelid, but probably today some of the things the characters were doing, probably especially Joey, would be like, mm, that's a bit problematic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many cross... I mean, again, he was another... Not, he wasn't so much sleazy. He was a bit a bit thick, which didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, he was definitely a bit more pushy and said very inappropriate things that these days would people people would be like, oh, you can't say that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think that's the difference of when I was writing for uh, mostly experience, but also my own real life experience. Yes. Men were like that more often than they are now, I think. Although I don't, I don't know. I don't go out these days. I have a partner. <laughs> I don't need to look. <laughs> I don't know if it's still the same. It might be. But yeah, but. In regards to Colton from our book that we will be getting together, at some... <laughs> we're almost there next year. Hopefully, um, next year. Hopefully, yeah. It's that. I think that is where the difference is. Whereby Colton is definitely one hundred percent a ladies' man. He will he will take advantage of who he is to get the women he yeah. wants. But he is a definitely a. If a girl is not interested, he's like, oh, find the yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't have to try very hard though. To if it's just. <laughs> For him, if it's just sex, he can just walk into a bar and there'll be a handful of ladies at his feet and that's... Ready, yeah, ready to go. Yeah. And then that's the story of him kind of discovering he doesn't want that anymore. Yes, it's, it's quite the turnaround because of the, mm-hmm. uh, the girl he, he kind of eventually likes is very different to the girl he sleeps with, yes. <laughs> generally speaking. <laughs> so, Rosie, how about you? Have you got any favourite Enemy Sullivan's books? Um, the Rosewood High series by Tracy Lorraine, I think book one is Thorn. I think it kind of goes more towards bully, but it is kind of bully enemies to lovers. So yeah, it was a while since I read it, but it's <laughs> kind of stuck with me. Like that kind of started me on that track. So, <laughs> so were they the first kind of enemies to lovers you got into? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I read a lot. So <laughs> I did yeah, you, you do get through books. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, yeah. How do you find bully romance? Because that would be something to make. I haven't read many. It's more like bully situations in fanfic that I've read. But how does that work? Because to me, I can't see that being appealing. I think that's like a step yeah. too far. It's a bit. It depends how it's done. I think because like there's some of them that are really well done, and you can tell that it's potentially an outside influence that is causing them to act that way to that person rather yeah, than yeah. actually being a horrible person. <laughs> so I think if it's done well, it works, and it does fall into the same sort of vein as enemies to lovers. But if it's not done well, I can imagine that it wouldn't go particularly well. But I've not, I don't think I've actually read any that aren't done particularly well. So well, that's good. There is a fine line, because I know when Bully Romance had to become a thing, I was like, well, how is it? different completely from enemies lovers because i know enemies aren't necessarily a bully situation mm-hmm. but i can definitely see how the two the lines would cross in between because bully romances i've only read a few and that's only because of um ones i've edited i haven't reached out to find one like on my own but actually yes i agree with rosie when they're done well they're okay and i think 
like you said, if there's an outside force rather than the person being straight up terrible, mm. it's a bit more, it's easier to take than, than just this person is terrible and then changes. Kind of different from bullies, like you said, where they're enemies, but not because they dislike each other, kind of they like they've been told, like Romeo and Juliet, you could count mm. them as enemies, but they don't, I don't think they even know each other before the story starts, mm. do they? And then so. they like, just their families. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like this family. stupid family thing. I think yeah. you see that quite a bit in like paranormal as well. It's like this tribe, or especially if it's like vampires and werewolves and that sort of thing. It's like, well, these people are your enemies, but there's no really basis why. Yeah, I think it's the same as the mafia. Like, it's, yes. oh, well, they're not in our mafia family. Oh, <laughs> the one... Um, enemies to lovers I have experience with a ghost writer mafia one but these two did cross over in the first book they had a bit of a shootout and so they're kind of like antagonizing each other and then the second book develops into them like getting together because they're the only people left in their respective gangs kind of thing so that was interesting and seeing how they came from the same world obviously because it was a mafia world but how they'd be differently motivated and it's hard to like say like question loyalty if you're like well if you've just left your gang and betrayed them how are you not going to betray me and it's an interesting dynamic to work through you know what else our enemies love us comes up a lot is mc romance as well mm. yeah uh, different gangs kind of thing yeah so yeah that's where it comes up uh, relatively often. I was thinking I my the ones I thought of were really outside the box <laughs> that I actually I don't think they fit into any of these categories mm. that we've just mentioned, which is quite strange. Um Paper Coffins by Kirsty Anstill. But either of you read this? No, but I am aware that Kirsty is phenomenal. I don't know why she isn't famous. Like famous, famous. Mm-hmm. Um Paper Coffins is this just beautiful, dark oh it, there's not enough words. It's mm-hmm. so dark. It's not really yeah. a romance per se. And the twist at the end, you just want to, you know it's a good thing, but you just want to scream and throw your book at the wall. <laughs> That's how good it is. And the, the people in this, it's it's so twisted because I think they used to be, from what I recall, they used to be a couple, then there was a betrayal of some kind and they spent years apart and then the girl is coming back right. and the guy is... Um, scary <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of second chancy but with more darkness so very dark yeah and it, they are yeah. they are effectively enemies because of yeah. this betrayal that happened and it's all a very complicated plot with family twists and it honestly it's divine if you like dark it's it's beautifully evil <laughs> um so yeah if, you, if you're listening and you haven't read it mm. please go and buy a copy it's amazing <laughs> i also have uh love at the lottie by toya richardson which is a a romantic comedy twist on enemies to lovers Ooh. so i think people often do see enemies to lovers as if not a dark romance at least a contemporary with a bit of a not a full-on dark but a darkish feel it can be light mm. but toya not toya toya does rom-com enemies <laughs> to lovers. <laughs> i love the sound of that it would be i would imagine it'd be more like a rivalry than proper enemies yeah it's it's really funny so the girl in the story, she has to take over looking after her auntie's allotment. I think it's her auntie when she's, mm. uh, I think she's broken a hip. So she really, she's not interested. She doesn't 
doesn't want to get her hands dirty. Yeah. Just doing it because it's my auntie. You've got to be done, family. Uh, and she meets a guy there who loves his allotment. Uh, and she doesn't really know anything about him, but they clash instantly. And he just sees this pretty little princess coming into an allotment. He's like, no. Nah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it slowly starts to unravel. And I mean, Toya's rom-coms are spectacular anyway. But this one, because it's got an enemies to love with twist, it's quite a good dynamic. So... Mm. Uh, I did indeed pick books that have nothing to do with the things we talked about. <laughs> or things good, like a good range of different books. It's interesting yeah. how it can cross over into so many kind of like subtropes and subgenres of romance. I think rom-com enemies to lovers might not be that uncommon. I think mm. it's just that in the indie world, we do tend to think more of the darker side of it. Yes. Yeah, I think... I think that because there are a lot of dark books out there that wouldn't necessarily make it to a publisher. If, uh, May, yes, maybe. Yeah, but I would highly recommend those two books. Rosie, have you written Enemies to Lovers? Yeah, I did one for an anthology I released last year. It was limited time, so it's not out anymore. But I do have plans to extend it and release it as a standalone. So they were more rivals than enemies. Okay. Uh, so they were on the same racing team because it was a sports driving mm-hmm. one. Um, so they ended up on the same team and he basically had a bad image and their PR people basically wanted them to act like they were getting to know each other a little bit better because they obviously had history as well, which is why they're rivals because they always viewed each other as competition. Obviously, she's a female racing driver, so she's got the whole oh, well, you can't really drive because you're a woman, thing mm-hmm. follows her around. So she's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be portrayed as this person that's just getting involved with this guy because he's there, basically. And obviously because he's got a bad image. Um, but because it was an anthology, I really struggled because I had a worth limit. <laughs> so I basically established them as enemies and then was like, yeah. oh, and now I need to turn them into lovers. <laughs> and I've yeah, got two few words. <laughs> not much time. It's not much word count for that, is it? One I read quite recently, it's more like billionaire office enemies to lovers, is Ruthless Devil by Evel Mitchell. It's a standalone, but it connects to some of her other books. So there's the siblings, basically, and it's the, all the books are something devil. Um, so this is, I think it's the oldest sibling. It was six months ago or something <laughs> I read it, so... Um, but yeah, it's interesting like it is a little bit darker like it's got trigger warnings and things but a lot of the time that kind of goes with the territory of enemies to lovers um but in general it's it was a really good read so and it was a good kind of more billionaire officey type take on it but i'm currently in a billionaire reading <laughs> frenzy so that kind of explains that one <laughs> i don't read a lot of billionaire honestly um in fact i hardly i don't think i've ever had one of the edits or at least if I had, it was quite a long time ago. Yeah. I don't I know if that has a... a bunch, so I'm not, never touching it again. <laughs> Done. Yes. <laughs> That's good. So we've got some good recommendations there. Mm-hmm. Um, we will pop those in the comments as well when we uh, when we release the episode. Shall I do the book recommendations? So this one is a Christmas anthology called Home for Christmas. 
and a festive themed anthology for all the Christmas lovers. The anthology has it all from contemporary romance, heart wrenching romance to dark, dangerous and even dirty romance. These stories will get your balls jingling, your hot chocolate sizzling and your heart throbbing. Sit back and relax and enjoy the most wonderful time of the year with these amazing authors and their festive words. There's Holly J. Gill, N.O. One, no one, which I just think is the best pseudonym ever. Um, yeah. Kyra Lennon, Kelly Lord, Paula Acton, Rosie East and Rock Blackburn, Rocks Blackburn. And the link will be on Facebook when this episode's live. It's a great anthology as well. Not to chew my own but it's quite good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it based on your story alone. So, Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I've, I've read Rosie's and I've read Roxas and they're both mm. fabulous. So that's that's three. Three for three. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'll go next because Rosie is going to talk about her own book. So um, we can grill her after she's talk- told us. <laughs> <Yes. to> <laughs> um, next up, releasing in November with a somewhat unknown release date. It just says November. <laughs> so this is Wolf Kissed by S. Lucas. And yes, releasing in November, available on, Am- on Amazon only. So love for this one. The world used to belong to humans until the supernaturals took over. They crawled out of the depths of depravity to take whatever they wanted from us. Nowhere is safe now, not for humans at least. I lived most of my life in the wolf sector, under constant fear that I would be forced to mate against my will. When I finally left and moved to the west coast for a new job opportunity, I thought the only monsters I had to worry about were vampires. Turns out I was wrong. I learned that the hard way when rogue wolves kidnapped me, kept, oh, excuse me, kidnapped me and other women for their own sadistic pleasures. Even after we were rescued and taken to a sanctuary, turns out my nightmare didn't end there. I leave once again, and now I'm being hunted, back to the very sector I ran from in the first place. I end up in the arms of three mysterious men who vow to protect me, but can I trust them, or am I jumping from the frying pan into the fire? Ooh. That sounds nice. Yes. I've seen, I've read bits of it, <laughs> and it is. <laughs> Good, yeah. I've discussed I've a lot of it with her, so. <laughs> I'm assuming the first book in the series is a similar sort of thing. The first one's Kiss by the Vampire, is it? Is that also Vampire Kissed? Yes, that's it. Is it a Why Choose romance again? I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, Why Choose. This is a Why Choose story with content not suitable for those under 18 years of age. Well, either way, I'm going to be going to buy them because I love smutty paranormal (laughs) books. So give me all the smutty ones, please. I was just going to say Sam's also offered to give a oh. give away a digital copy of her book to someone who'll be drawn at random to answer the question we'll ask later. So, yes, go on, Rosie. <laughs> Rosie. <laughs> so mine is Tinsel and Truths. Um, so obviously it's by me. Um, <laughs> it released on the 2nd of November. So it's a Christmas book. Um, so it's brother's best friend and basically it's a little bit of second chance as well um i'll read the blurb because it's easiest <laughs> so it's dual point of view blurb so it might seem a little bit weird um ivy there's a reason they say not to fall in love with your brother's best friend it's because it ruins your life but i'm not gonna let him wreck the first opportunity i get to meet my new nephew now i'm going home back to the scene of the crime and i'm over him totally over him it's going to be fine isn't it nick it's been five years since she walked out that door and ran as fast as she could away from me five years i've missed her loved her even and now i have the opportunity to show her what she's missing 
but there are lies hidden in the loss, but is she ready to hear them? Is she willing to be mine after all? Jimmy. Ooh, that sounds very Jimmy, odd. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> that sounds I must excellent. say, my mum saw it on my feed. She's like, right, I'm having that. I was like, my mum likes you. <laughs> I like your mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that sounds really good. It does. I do like a second chance. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan. Um, but it is it is time for Christmas, though, isn't it, I think? Mm. Um, this one will be, yeah, so it's themed, themed to Christmas, um, but it will be out forever. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good, but good. It is, Amazon exclusive, so it's Kindle Unlimited as well. Oh, perfect. So we have Rosie's book and S. Lucas's book uh, available for giveaways because we do have a question that I'm going to put in the right place now. So our question for this month is, where is the most interesting place you have met a partner? It's not going to be your current partner, but just ever. Anyone you've, uh, you've been with that was quite an interesting where you met? Because I know Claire and I do have interesting stories about this <laughs> um, so should we share our stories and then we'll give up the email address really that yes so mine is a very long twist <laughs> my he's my husband now we've been together for like 20 years back when we were teenage well late teens going to nightclubs he had a reputation of being a bit of a slut but he was a very good looking man so and i had like secretly liked him but I had a boyfriend. Then that relationship ended and I was very drunk and going to the club and being like, oh, well, I'm going to kiss this boy tonight. And my friends are like, no, please, let's not do that. And then he came up to me at the bar and he said, your friends have told me not to kiss you. And I said, my friends have told me not to drink anymore. So buy me another Jack Daniels, please. And the rest, as they say, is history. That is the best. <laughs> I love that story. It's still one of my favourite meets ever. It's, it's fabulous. So I have to like preface this by saying, like, we'd known each other for about a year. We yeah. had things in common. We lived like the next road to each other. We worked um, together. So I, I figured you had to have known him to have known he had this kind of reputation thing going yes. on. That just the way you spoke to each other is just fabulous. <laughs> That itself kind of belongs in a book, really. Yes. But um, for me, so I met my other half quite by accident. <laughs> but I'm sure no one ever meets one purpose. You know what I, mean? Um, I mean, what I mean by this is I wasn't really supposed to be there. I had, so Fozzy is one of my favourite bands. And the week before I'd been with Claire <laughs> to see them in Birmingham, and there was a whole fiasco, there was traffic, I was late, I was stressed out, did not particularly enjoy most of the experience in terms of it, because I was stressed out for me late. <laughs> so lots of it was good, we had a good time, but the the rush of getting there was irritating. And I wanted to do over. So <laughs> they were playing, again, they are playing a few uh, shows around the country. And my best friend from back home, Kevin, he's got relatives in the northeast. And I was like... Fuzzy are playing in Newcastle next week. Do you want to take me? Because I know you go up and see your family a bit before Christmas. I mean, it was the beginning of November, but, you know, <laughs> close enough. <laughs> and he said, yes. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm doing this. Uh, so I suffer from anxiety and I don't do very well um, when I'm on my own. I'm okay if I'm with someone, but if I'm out on my own, I get a bit anxious and edgy. So my friend wasn't coming with me because noise as far as he's concerned that's too loud for him <laughs> so he's like 
okay I'll take you but don't push it so um so I decided to do the VIP experience because I hadn't done that in Birmingham which is lucky because I would have missed it because I would have been late so um we I was outside waiting for this to begin and the only people outside the venue were these three gigantic men with beards and I was like hmm they're all wearing the band t-shirts but I no I'm not sure about that and then there was this guy standing on his own with his headphones in with a fuzzy t-shirt and I was like well I have to talk to him then I guess <laughs> so I just I, I know it's not right to go up to someone wearing headphones I know it's rude you're not supposed to do that but I was like hi are you here for fuzzy, fuzzy VIP because um I've got no one to talk to he was like oh yeah I am and he looked slightly terrified of me because I was a random stranger who walked up to talk to him but bless his heart, he stayed with me the whole time. Um, and then after the VIP, I tweeted that I'd been and he found me on Twitter. And then he messaged me on Twitter and was like, do you want to meet up? We became friends and we were friends for a whole year before we actually got together. So there you and go, I that's how, how music <laughs> fed my romance. <laughs> and now look, you live together and you're planning on getting married. Yes, I have an engagement ring and everything now. <laughs> how about you, Rosie? Was yours a little bit crazy or...? a little bit well it doesn't really start crazy but um so we met at scout camp um so effectively we met in a field (laughs) so basically my explorer leader had made loads of food and she only had four of us there so my now husband was coming over being like oh food and like we had a mutual friend so she'd introduced us um so there was kind of a oh yeah okay friend <laughs> like <laughs> vibe because when you're in a field with not very many people um that's kind of how it goes and one of the people in my group was actually my ex so I was trying to avoid him as well <laughs> um so I spent a lot of time with Mr. East um and then we kind of chatted through MSN for a bit, kind of lost contact. And then two years later, I was looking at universities. He's a little bit older than me. So he was already at university in the city that I was interested in. So basically messaged him out the blue and was like, oh, can you um, come and meet me and show me around the uni? Um, so he did. And then we stopped talking again. There's a bit of a theme here. We stopped talking a lot. <laughs> Um, then another year later I actually came to uni and yeah that's how when we actually got together so at last (laughs) see that sort of thing that you stopped talking for a number of years and then connected again and then stopped talking and connected again just shows what the relationship must have meant to be you must have had like strong connection from the beginning yeah I think so like because we got to know each other quite well when we were talking on MSN because, mm. you know, I'm just aging myself with MSN here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was a lot of kind of back and forth with that and, like, we did know each other quite well. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, it was kind of a grew apart, come back together thing. And, yeah, 5th of November 2013 was when we got together, oh. so... Ten years ago. November is when I it's when I met Richard too, weirdly. Why? Wow. I think it was October when I met Dad. So we want to hear your stories of yes. uh how you how you met your partner or the most interesting way you met partner because it's entertaining. And we will read mm-hmm. some of them out of the show. Um 
and the email address for us is podcastwhwn at gmail.com. And I think that about wraps us up for today. Yes, it does. We will be back a little bit earlier in December with a Christmas episode because we want to make sure that you get your Christmas book goodies before it's too late. <laughs> Don't want to be uh, coming at you on the 20th yeah. and going, I'm sick of it already. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will be coming a bit, a bit earlier and we'll let you know the date for sure when we have got ourselves a bit more organised. But thank you very much for joining us and thank you so much, Rosie, for standing yes, in. Yes, thank you, Rosie. Today. You're welcome. It was fun. And, uh, <laughs> yay! And we are all going to go and grab a coffee off your book as soon as we finish here. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.